Hello, Doug. Hey, Karen. How are you? Woo. Hanging in there. How are you doing? The same. By the way, it's a good thing we're doing this right now and not a few hours or sometime into tomorrow later um, because it's the start of Yom Kippur, which means it's the start of my fasting day. So, I, I mean, I'm fine right now. Right now, it's just a normal evening. But so, uh, 15, 16 hours from now, ooh, I'll be feeling it. You're going to be hangry. So yeah. h- how long do you fast for? 24 hours, like sundown oh, to sundown. Okay. All right. So nothing really crazy. It just, uh, I only really feel it like in those last couple hours. And like, there's nothing, like, I'm not breaking a law. If I really give in just so I can go on, like, it's not the end of the world. But I'm going to try. Because in theory, I'm like resetting my clock and trying to start off our new year, uh, you know, with as, as clean and positive a record as possible. Right. Well, I've, I have faith in you. I know you can do it. And you know what? If you don't, who gives a shit? I still love you. That's thank you very much. I mean, technically, I guess God, but I have feelings about that anyway. <laughs> you know, God. I mean, I guess, you know, I I mean, some of us are non-believers, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I dip into that well myself. So we'll see. I'm going to give it a college try. It's, it's funny because uh, my current job a few years back and a few managers ago, um, <laughs> um, there, like my manager knew that I did fast on Yom Kippur at one point, and I was talking about on a totally different day and a totally different time of year because I'd been so busy with work. She was giving me. We were talking in the afternoon, and and I was saying how like yeah I have a headache just because I haven't gotten a chance to leave my desk or eat yet. And she's like, oh, but you're used to that because you fast, right? And I was like, I mean, I don't make a habit of it. I'm doing it right now because I haven't had a choice. <laughs> This oh isn't like God. a lifestyle thing. <laughs> Somebody needs cultural sensitivity training yeah. is what I think. <laughs> oh, my God. That's and my crazy. first job, actually, um, someone referred to Yom Kippur as that day all the Jews starve themselves, which was, you know, maybe not the best nomenclature to use. Wait, who said, wait, who said that? Like a fellow colleague, I was at a PR firm like 20 years ago in Yom Kippur, and I don't think they were even talking to me. They were right next to me, two of them talking, and one was like, oh, it's Yom Kippur, and someone else was like, oh, I think that's the day all the Jews starve themselves. And I was like, uh, we call it fasting. It's different. What is wrong with people? I don't know, but I look at those as the good old days, so what's wrong with me? <laughs> I was actually at a restaurant on Sunday and the bartender, she's really funny. And she was telling me, I don't even remember how we like got onto the subject. I think it was like, we were, we were talking about like, you know, my kid being down South and she was like, yeah, they're weird down there. And I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah. she was talking about when she lived in Virginia, you know, so not even deep South. And she said that her neighbor had like, was like, she, she was like, found out she was Jewish and was like, I've never met another, I've never met a Jewish person before. And she was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and then she was telling me that this neighbor was asking her all sorts of questions. Cause she had just had her kid. And the neighbor was like, so are you baptizing the kid? 
And she's like, <laughs> Jewish? No, we don't like that. We don't believe in that. Like she was like, no. Nah. And the and the lady was like, but aren't you worried they're gonna go to hell? And she's like, again, we don't believe it. Thing with us. <laughs> like yeah, like it was like. Well, I so I thing. I spent all of the 90s basically in Virginia and in Northern Virginia outside of DC. So again, not the deep South and not the southernmost part of the state. And a lot has changed in the 30 plus years since that began. But we were definitely like the first Jews a lot of people encountered where we were. Really? I understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a synagogue to go to one or two towns over and there were Jews, but I still feel like I was one of maybe 10, maybe 12 in my high school, in my junior high school. Um, like there was that low uh, a percentage at that time. Everything I feel by now has to have progressed and become a far more mixed. But even then, I think there was still like, you know, it was, v- v- I don't want to say primitive, but things had not evolved nearly as far as they seem to have in a lot of places today that's so bananas to me because when i was growing up it was like well like actually i think all of my friends when i was growing up were jewish wow so like so like they all celebrated the jewish holidays you know and they you know like all of my friends were like i can't remember a time when i wasn't you know so i was very i mean they were reform so it was sort of like I'm reform, yeah. You know, they went. So it wasn't. So it wasn't until the, I was in the New York, moved to the New York area, that I learned about like sukkah and you know, like the the holidays. That yeah, yeah, you learn more then. Are, are more, yeah. you know, that you know, more observant folks follow. But like it was like you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Hanukkah. Like you know, you sort of like tick the boxes, you know. And I'd been to a bunch of uh, of um, bar mitzvahs. <laughs> Which were always super fun. Yeah, they're the most fun. Yeah. So, so it just kind of like was so weird. And I guess for her, obviously, too, because she um grew up in Rhode Island. And so it was like this weird um kind of disconnect to like be somewhere and somebody being like, I've never met a Jewish person before. And you're like, wait, what? How is that? How is that possible? It's possible. I feel like everything is uh, less possible now. I feel like in general... There's more knowledge of the world and things outside yourself for a lot of people. But I think we can also see that for a lot of other people, there is less of that. So uh, I don't really know. Yeah. Oh, life. Mm, It's funny. Oh, life. Well, going from the deep south to the... Far west? I mean, (laughs) the far west coast? (laughs) The the deep west? Uh, (laughs) We should head over to LA. And magically, we are there. And 23 years ago? Yeah. And Lexi gets stiffed. Season 7, episode 33. Two more episodes after the one we are about to recap for all of you. It's so wild, isn't it? Uh, in more ways than one. Because um, this episode is wild, too. But um, crazy that we are at the end of the road. The so end of I've- the block. So I basically, I mean, the they're just kind of off the rails at this point, right? Like, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's easy enough for me at least to watch because I'm like, this isn't about reconciling it with old Melrose or why did they do this when they could do this, whatever. Now it's just like, okay, they're throwing all their cards out and they're just like, we just need to finish this the series and we're just we're just closing out these storylines and making them as crazy as possible. Yeah. And, and, and closing shot. 
Yeah, like they're basically like you can actually see that sort of race to the finish line that's going on with the writers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, whatever uh, story development was happening before and, you know, we didn't get much, but we did get some. (laughs) They've just they they paced it out a bit. They've thrown it completely away. Um, you know, so, which is so clear that the pacing for the whole season was off because I feel like a lot of these storylines could have been moved earlier so that they could have had a little bit more time to unwind and, and reach a, a, a conclusion without it being so damn hasty and make some sort of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And make sense. Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, like like Ryan, like with a kid, right? Like the, the kid was just introduced. Like you couldn't have done this several episodes back before that. To right. I mean, it. I look at it as one way or another, which is you couldn't have envisioned this kid for Ryan earlier on. So that was the bulk of the season, or you couldn't have just like inched along to the end of the season with what we already had on the canvas. You had to bring in his daughter and aunt Terry for all this nonsense. Like one or the other. Yeah. But I don't need like this one final arc that changes everything. And to sort of like, and, and because they're kind of trying to, I don't know, give them their change. The happily ever afters that would have been easy. Like, you know, Amanda and Kyle. Kyle. Finally having their happily ever. Like they just were like, wait, you know, like what? Two episodes ago. They were like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We can't do that. Because yeah, that are married. I don't, I don't yeah. know, but like yeah, they- or or it's like we have to get Amanda and Peter together at the very end. So let's start working that in. Oh wait, we have three episodes left. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so have something to say, and I'm not sure if I should bring it up now or as we get into this episode a bit more. I think we're gonna hold on to it, but okay. it's it's uh, Amanda, Peter, everyone kind of adjacent. I think frantic is is the word that I've I've been like. Yeah, I think for. that's pretty fair. Everything yeah. feels frantic. Yeah. As we but move. not in but eh, like not in a way that's awesomely bad. Not quite, at least. No, it's just bad. Yeah. But it's kind of getting to the point, and I texted you this last night. Like it's almost so bad, it's good. Like like it's not quite there, but you know, like yet like yesterday's episode was like this is so bad, like it's almost good. And surprisingly, shockingly, in particular, the storylines or the characters that I've hated the most are are the ones that I gave me that gave me a giggle in this episode. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I thought you were going to say the ones you liked the most, and that may be a bridge too far. That is a bridge. I almost said because that. I, and can't, then I, I know for me, I yeah, can't say <laughs> I almost yeah. said that, and I was like, no, I don't mean that. I got a chance. That was the pause. That was the pause. Um, so no, not like the most, but the ones that I had the best time with um, this particular episode. And yeah. so that, that would be Lexi and, um, and Eve. Eve. Yeah. Who, you know, I think I'm definitely, I think that's especially true for me with Eve, but yeah, Lexi obviously at least made me chuckle. Yes. So let's get into it. Yeah. Um, so we start, it's Ryan, daughter Sarah, Aunt Terry, and Megan playing basketball on that court Ryan keeps going to. Um, and I guess what, Terry, like, rams Megan in the eye, gives her a really bad, like, puffy eye. She gets a um, shiner. And, um, but it's, like, more than a shiner, right? Because it's not just, like, it's not just, like, black and blue. Bru- it's, like, really 
puffy and gross. In fact, it's like a better makeup job than I think they've done for the most part on this show. <laughs> um, unless like Kelly Rutherford actually had a reaction to something and they built that part of the story around her for some reason. Because it looked pretty uh, believable. Uh, more believable than maybe the plot around it. But um, Terry is mean to Megan and she's like, I guess Megan's just not up to sports or whatever. So Megan walks away and Ryan follows her for a second. He's like, hey, why are you upset? Like, aside from the fact that, you know, like she almost lost an eye and Aunt Terry was mean to her. Um, and, and she's like, don't worry about it or something. So like a fool, he just turns around and keeps playing basketball as opposed to being like, hey, guys, that's enough for today. Let's go back with Megan. Right. Um, meanwhile, uh, speaking of like fast tracking our story, Peter is now packing all his stuff uh, and he sees Polaroids that he got from when he was just with Amanda at that island wedding. And then Eve's co- Eve comes home and asks what he's doing. And he says, uh, the marriage is over and I have an attorney drawing the papers. And the thing is like, and I'll probably say this a few more times or I'll think it a few more He's wrong, but he's also right. Like, Peter is not ending things in a way that is completely honest. And and Peter is not admitting the fact that he has actually cheated on Eve, who has only almost flirted with the idea of cheating drunkenly. Right. Um, but this relationship also isn't built to last and then they never really had a logical connection they just had to be married because the writers wanted that to be the story so yeah if this marriage is really on its last legs it's like that doesn't really surprise me but you know could have been wrung out differently but it's not done being wrung out yet because the first thing eve does is blame amanda for everything and so she's not giving up and she tries to win peter back and even though peter doesn't seem into it at all uh it looks like even peter have sex even though he has just said the marriage is over so i think eve thinks okay i've, I've still got him um and then um, more with like the amanda going off the deep end thing so Correct me if I'm wrong. I had to do a little bit of math, subtext. I don't know. Last week, do you remember when Lexi got to the film before Megan could pick it up? Yes. And then Lexi was in the x-ray room with Michael. So did Lexi eventually return the film so that Megan could pick it up unbeknownst to Megan that they had fucked up the film so that it was going to look bad? when amanda reviewed the dailies is that what happened because it wasn't clear at the end of last week megan had never been able to get the footage and right this I, week she and ryan are like in a meeting sitting with amanda to review the dailies but nothing more about how megan couldn't get it which would have been for me like the thing i think at the beginning of that scene she said something like oh the messenger is finally here with those dailies and so i guess that they they finally found them in the messengers here. So I guess it was, you know. So is re- this, was this Lexi's plan? Like she was going to mess with the footage? She was going to mess with the footage and then return okay. it, I guess, so that it didn't look like it was stolen. And I guess she returned just it. Just unusable. Return it damaged. So it's unusable. It. So, so that's essentially what happened. They're looking at the dailies and all the footage is bad. And then Megan is like, but this isn't my fault. All I was supposed to do is pick the footage up, which correct. Right. Um, 
And if it was really a case of the messengers just brought them over and she couldn't even look at it before then, then especially, right. Exactly. Um, but and, Amanda's going to Amanda, right? So. But, right, Amanda has to be end of show Amanda now. So Megan, who's sitting there with the black eye, is shocked when Amanda blames her for everything and she throws another fit um, and then accuses her of still working with Lexi to uh, like uh, overtake her. Yeah, yeah. sabotage her. Um, And then I wrote, I hate the show as it went to commercial. (laughs) Actually. um, So then Amanda drives over to Kyle's because she, I think, has a meeting with Tony and Peter speeds on into the parking lot because he sees her and like stops right in front of the front door where she is to blame her um, for their cheating. Because he thinks not only did she deliberately plan with Tony for Tony to be with Eve and to get Peter off the island, but it was her plan to like make him miss the boat and seduce him. Like it's a lot of Peter not taking accountability for his 50% of anything that is happening right now. So like with Eve, the marriage is over, but it's not. And I cheated with Amanda. It was you tried to seduce me and that was your plan and not any of and I was a willing participant in all of it, that sort of thing. Um, And she's like spiraling out and at all this. And he says, he's sorry he ever loved her. So things are like really going great for Amanda right now, but it's very (laughs) different than it was like the end of season five, two years ago. Cause that's when she was like about to have that nervous breakdown. She's about to get together with Kyle and she's again, having problems at D and D. Um, Cause that like, you're really on Amanda's side. Like you really feel for her. They have built uh, so much empathy for her at that point. This is like, we think Amanda is the center of our show, but now we also want you to hate her. Right. Um, Cause that's basically how I, I feel right now. Um, and so she meets with Tony to talk about the commercial and she blames the dailies on Eve. She doesn't say that they came back crappy. She just says they're unusable because uh, it turns out Eve is a really bad actress. And so I destroyed the footage. And then Tony is like, um, so you let me guess, you want me to finance a new shoot? And she's like, well, yeah. And he says, absolutely not. This is on you. And I know you don't have any money left because you already like blew your wad on this one commercial. And then Lexi comes on over because she's also planned a meeting with Tony here. Um, and so Amanda's like, fine, I'm, I'm going to go. And Lexi's like, mm, sorry, guess you don't have any money. And Tony says, and he didn't quite get this, something like, you'll have to move out of the townhouse. Yeah, I guess she's been living in his town. Ta- like, we've, this is the first we've heard of this. Which, like, doesn't make sense for multiple reasons, but also it's like, eventually we will see where Tony lives, and it's not, either a big house or a mansion, but not yeah, a townhouse. Like, this isn't Manhattan. House. That's not how rich people live in Beverly Hills. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about, but the idea is that Amanda is going to be homeless, because then Lexi is like, well, you can't come back to Melrose because I don't rent to losers. Um so the two of them go and then Amanda had asked Kyle to bring a bottle of wine for her and Tony to celebrate, which she presumed would be moving on with their business relationship. And he sees her and he's like, do you still want me to open this? Cause she's by then all alone. Um, and she just gets up and goes like crestfallen, but also really to blame right now. Yeah. Uh, and then guess what? 
of all of the guest actors they could have ever brought back to play a part in one of the final episodes. They bring back someone none of us ever knew or cared about because it's that former prison guard who was selling Christmas, <laughs> tree, Christmas trees at the lot. Yeah, like of all the, of all the actors to bring back, that's who we get. <laughs> and then, because he's like just hanging out in the courtyard by Eve and Peter's apartment. He's like, yeah, guess what? I've been promoted. I'm like LAPD. Or, I don't know what he is. <laughs> LA Patrol. It's not like yeah. quite LAPD, you know? <laughs> So uh, that's that for now, but we'll revisit. I forget. I didn't even know his name. The guard. Um, And Ryan comes to Megan at night as she is readying a letter of resignation. Um, And then she talks to Ryan. Like, she's on to Terry already. So she talks to Ryan about how Terry was making a clear play for you. And then Ryan pulls a Ryan. And he's like... All he wants is Megan and Sarah, and he says that you're resigning and you're using this as an excuse to walk away from me because she said she's also moving out. He's like, that's it. You're just giving up on me and all of us. And that's not what she's really doing at all. No, no. That has nothing to do with you, Ryan. She's (laughs) moving herself from really poisonous situations, and she wants very much to spend the rest of her life with you. And you're like, oh, okay, never mind. You're, You're... being needy at this moment so i'm just gonna go back upstairs um and it's your fault uh then amanda comes to see peter at the hospital and my things have shifted she says that she did not manipulate their time on the island she did manipulate everything else he's right but not that that was real and then he follows her into a room at the hospital and he says he has always loved her and they start kissing in the hospital so what's going to happen with peter now that felt so shoehorned in shoehorned yeah it really did i you know because we've had their breakup and we've had their uh, split and like, and it was such a dramatic and long and stupid, like, (laughs) yeah. And then to have her have both of them be like, well, you're the one, you're you're the only one for me. Like, no, (laughs) like that wasn't where we were. Like, you know, six episodes ago. And then I think there's something else we'll get to that Peter says later on that I'm also going to be like, wait a minute. No, stop, stop rewriting this stuff. Um, Because I guess I could accept the rewrite if they had been, there was just too much. If they had been, apart like miles right like like she was in san francisco he was in la like whatever and then they see each other and they're like oh my god i've missed you this whole time they have not missed each other this whole time no they've been right there with each other the whole time there and they've had other partners and they've other marriages and that every that the two of them were championing these other marriages. yeah theirs was never a pure uncomplicated romance but but it worked when it worked right stopped working and they haven't been together for a long time so there's like two different ways i think i would have done this and one is okay you want to get them back together after having been apart you're running out of time it's the end of the episode of the series so last week they sleep together she's already divorced he's now realizing maybe he doesn't know or love or trust eve fine then that's it then the morning after they have a big conversation they're like you know what i made so many bad mistakes but i know now this is the right thing and like that's it now you're together for the rest of the episode (laughs) don't sleep together then disappear 
decide you want to divorce Eve, but then also yell at Amanda now, only to then chuck that to the wind and be together again. Well, the other thing you could do is have all episode long the two of them fighting at each other and blaming each other and trying to figure stuff out and giving reasons why they really shouldn't be together and then give into it all in like some big passionate scene at the end. That's the end of our episode. And then we just like see the next two episodes out with whatever the rest of their storyline is together, but they're a couple then. That this makes is more like, sense than this. Why yeah. did we why did we have you fight? Why did we have you almost run her over in the parking lot? Amanda already has enough bad shit going on. Like, I don't need that just for there to be this complete 180 in the next scene. Right. Um, oh, so now we're back with Terry and Ryan. She is walking around in red uh, lingerie in his apartment, the apartment that she's staying in. So she's she's staying in the bedroom while he's taking the couch? Or... Or maybe it's a two-bedroom, but I don't think it is. And Sarah has one room and Terry has another. I don't know. I don't see Sarah in the scene. Maybe they found a school for her. I don't know. Maybe she's cooking for everyone because she seems to be the adult here. Um, yeah. But but Terry is is in his room and Ryan's coming out of the shower. So she, so she knows she will see him in there. Um, and Ryan very quickly, like gets away from it. Uh, but meanwhile, then we cut to Lexi singing in her shower. Um, but it's, she's not just like singing because Michael tries to join her and Lexi kicks him out because what she's really doing is rehearsing her, pit, rehearsing her pitch, her song and dance for Tony Marlin, which I thought we kind of got rid of last week when the wife came in. No, nope, when Lexi was there. originally, but but then Lexi flirted with him in the in the limo when he came back to LA, and so I guess it's on. Um, and it's a weird thing because Lexi and Michael have this like no love, just lots of sex relationship. So Lexi is like laying out her plan to sleep with Tony Marlin the next night at his place, and Michael is like more ego crushed than heartbroken by all of it. He just doesn't like taking a back seat to another man but like really neither of them is too bothered by all of this it's amusing but kind of just goes around in circles like the whole thing of like lexi being the villain who has to just you know like give exposition about her plan all the time is right. is just dumb right right and she's sort of you know sort of like rubbing her palms together as she's yeah that. yeah yeah <laughs> um Okay, so then Amanda is continuing to have a change of heart. She's not as terrible as she was with Megan before. She calls Ryan in. Ryan, who is, I guess, our accounting department. Well, I guess he mentions there's accounting, but he's her money guru. She's like, how much money do we have? And it's like $30,000 left. Like, this company is sunk. Um, and then he's like, I know it's not a lot, but I've talked to the other, the other employees, and we're all going to work on getting more clients. It's like, yeah, that's been your job all along. <laughs> that's how companies work that's how it works guys yeah but um and she goes no work with accounting divide what's left equally among the staff this is it the end of amanda woodward uh, advertising and she's nice here she thanks ryan she goes you've been very good i appreciate it whatever um and then if in case you forgot if, that jane was still on the show jane is still on the show um <laughs> and she and kyle are kissing at the beach house uh, like on the deck when Ryan shows up. But then Ryan decides to turn around and walk away because he realizes he's interrupting them. 
And then Kyle walks after Ryan and he's like, well, hey, you came all the way here. What's up? I mean, the whole thing is like, just talk. You've driven there. Just like interrupt them and talk. They're yeah, outside. I don't know why it's not like they were in the bedroom. Yeah. That was just pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he tells Kyle that Amanda is losing everything, including the company. And Kyle's like, well, what does that have to do with me? And Ryan's like, how dare you? I was thinking maybe she could use a friend. And Kyle's kind of like, that's Amanda's problem. Um, and then hours go by and Ryan, Sarah, Terry, and Kyle are all at dinner. Jane is not there. Megan is not there. Um, and Terry's talking about how she could really learn to love it out here in LA. She's a completely different character than the one she was like those first three or four episodes when we found out about Sarah. And she was just like the cold aunt who wanted to have all the custody. Right. Now, now she's like, I'm seductive and I'm making overt plays for Ryan. And she and Terry go to the bathroom and it's just Ryan and Kyle. And Ryan's like, do you think uh, she's hitting on me? And Kyle is like, yeah, duh. Those are definitely like plays that she's making for you. For once now, Kyle is able to read the room better than anyone else. That hasn't happened ever. Ever, yes. And... Oh, and then Peter is there. So Kyle walks over to Peter at the bar and he's looking all glum and he says something about how like he's alone right now and he doesn't miss Eve. And Kyle tells Peter that he could bail Amanda out. And then Eve shows up. Um, (laughs) And Kyle's like, I guess he goes back to Ryan. And so then it's it's just Peter. It's just Peter and Eve. And Eve is like, I think we should make a night of it and go dancing. And it's like the conversation he had with her this morning or maybe the day earlier, uh, never even happened. Uh, and he says he got a page and goes to a payphone and he calls Amanda at her office. Um, and she's drinking alone. She's got like a bottle of white wine and she's sitting on the floor and she's just drinking in the dark. Um, I mean, the lights were never on in the evening at any yeah, of these. Yeah, it was always dark but, anyway. Yeah. Um, and also, there's like a pointless moment where, while Peter is on the phone with Amanda, Terry and Sarah come out of the bathroom and walk by him on their way back to the table. And it's like, that's neat that the show is recognizing that you are all there in the same space, but it doesn't actually serve a story purpose. It's just like, oh, we know you're all there, so we'll use you in the scene. I actually didn't um, even notice. Well, because it was pointless. Didn't even notice. Um, and then Eve comes to Peter and he says he has to go to the hospital and that she shouldn't wait up. But he comes to Amanda and she's in the dark and he's like, they've turned the electricity off. And again, I just thought it was a normal night. Um, and she's like, my life is falling apart. I don't have my agency. I don't have my building anymore. Again, they really make this sound like Melrose Place was a defining part of her as a person. Um, he goes, you've got me. Um, and she goes, if Eve comes with the package, I'm not interested. And he asks if she loves him. Um, and he says that he's going to split up with Eve. Um, and he says some dumbass line, like every time I leave a woman, she tries to kill me. And I don't, I don't think I know what he's talking about. I remember him trying to kill multiple women that he was with. Yeah, I, he almost I, killed Amanda. He was planning to kill Taylor. Uh, I don't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't recall any wife of his trying to kill him. So he broke no. up with Lexi, and all she's done is harbor this grudge against Amanda, who had nothing to do with it instead. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about, but I do know that like he should still be in prison 
right now for almost ending the lives of multiple people. So there's that. Um, And back in Ryan's apartment, he's sleeping on the couch and the blanket is on the floor. And uh, Terry goes over to him to put the blanket on him, which wakes him up. And he sort of recoils uh, and gathers himself. And he says, just so you know, I have no feelings for you. And she's like, I'm clear, but it's Megan who has the problem. And Megan is not interested in being a part of your life with Sarah, which is like a good line to use to try and like poison him against Megan. But it's not true. And it's based on nothing. So it's easy enough for Ryan to refute because he's known Megan longer than Terry. Um, So then, okay, this is when things start to heat up. Peter takes Eve out to a diner in the morning um, and he says, well, he cares about her a lot, that he is not in love with her anymore. She can have half of whatever she wants. He just wants out. The marriage is over. And he says it has, and she asks, and he says it has nothing to do with Amanda, uh, but she's already like losing it. And she says, this has hurt him more than anything. And she throws her glass of water in his face and says, she hates him and she hates Amanda. And she's going to be talking a lot like this for the rest of uh, her time on the show. Um, Kyle's on the phone with Ryan and says he's been trying to reach Amanda but he can't because he's now worried about her and then Jane hears the last part of that and she goes yep every guy in my life hangs on to Amanda forever Um, (laughs) yeah I thought that was kind of funny it was and And so she's like pouty and Kyle says, Hey, we can't just pretend that we don't have pasts, but she doesn't like that. Um, And then we're at Kyle's, the restaurant drunk. Michael is talking to Eve and he said something like, this is shocking or something. So I guess we're supposed to believe he's talking about Peter and Eve breaking up, but it's actually him talking about Lexi um, and like her plans to be with Tony that night. Uh, he says he is head over heels for her. And then he mentions all his dead wives who left the show when Eve was still in prison. Like he name checks Kimberly and Sydney, um, which is nice, like fan service, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and, and Eve tells Michael to make Lexi pay. She goes, that's what I'm going to do right now. And this is the Eve that I have come to like. I like Eve in this episode, perhaps for the first time. Okay, why? Because she's so, like... Because she's because she's villainous, but at least, like, she has a, an axe to grind that makes sense to me. Okay. And it's entertaining. Like, yeah. she's over the top, whatever happened to, the baby, to baby Jane-esque right now. But, like, she is kind of the wronged woman. And... And Peter hasn't been honest with her. And Amanda threw her into this whole thing in the first place and then chewed her up and spat her out. So I get I get Eve. And I guess this is a good point for me to bring up that I wish they had flipped the season and brought Eve on at the very beginning of this season and made Eve the big bad that Lexi was. And maybe just had Lexi be normal all season mm. until at least the very end. 
Like either have Lexi get back together with Peter at the beginning of this last season and have Peter and Lexi do their thing and have Peter and Lexi and Amanda and Kyle be the two couples until for whatever reasons they're not, but have Eve come in with an ax to grind, have Eve start a PR or an ad agency that rivals Amanda, have Eve get in Amanda's business, have Eve get under her skin and be the big bad that is constantly undercutting Amanda, because then it makes sense. There's a past. It's a new past, one that's a retcon that we didn't know about, but but it makes sense because the thing about Lexi constantly using all of her power just to go after Amanda is, no, this should be directed at Peter, and it never is. Peter, by the way, who's never been outed for the fact that he orchestrated Amanda's kidnapping. Uh, also <laughs> that's right i forgot about that <laughs> i just i didn't tell now too so so i think it would have been far also i don't still don't know why like eve isn't in the opening credits but to me eve is a more interesting and effective and dramatically worthwhile character with a clear past and present connection to amanda than than Lexi is for Le- Lexi to just walk around doing the mustache twirling she is just like evil and callous in all directions was always like bad as far as I'm concerned but if it had been Eve somehow mm-hmm. representing all of that I think I could have been on board with it and I think there probably were easy enough ways to to bring her in at the beginning of the season and do that because don't you remember the first episode with Eve? Like they didn't even make it clear that she knew Amanda or that Amanda had recommended her to Kyle. She was just sort of there singing. And at the end of the episode, we were like, Oh, she isn't just off the street as a singer. Like Amanda has known her. So I don't know. I think it could have been a different season if they weren't like making Lexi the new all purpose villain, but maybe Eve was. And Eve also, because she's so, um, mercurial because she's so quick to go off the deep end is also a better fit to be the new kimberly than lexi was yes i would agree with that uh so those are those are some of my thoughts but it all stems from the point that i right now am really enjoying this final version of eve and I mean, as far as the actor goes, because she always kind of was the weakest link, right? Like, are we, we talking about Lexi? Uh, no, with um, Eve about um, Rena Sofer. Uh, whoever who's playing Eve, Rena Sofer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, she's pulling it off pretty well, considering she's not the. Yeah, I think that's one of those characters where you're like, oh, she's awful, and it's like. Mm-mm. She is filling it with whatever the writers are giving her as best as she can. She's not the problem. It's them. They're it's it's the, like it's an impossible, unbelievable role. So she's playing it, and you're thinking it's impossible and unbelievable. So she's doing her job. <laughs> okay, true that. And I think we're back to Ryan now. So I I don't know if we're on a roof or the Melrose rooftop, but musical guest Michael Feinstein is here, and yes. Michael has brought Megan to. A roof for a romantic evening with her. <laughs> she has a black eye and he is in black tie. Um, he's wearing a tux. She doesn't know what is going on, uh, but there's champagne, a whole seduction scene. And with Michael Feinstein playing piano in the background, he proposes and she accepts. And busted eye or not, she's able to eye that it's a nice ring. Yeah. <laughs> so, yay. So great. Maybe we're back where we were just a few episodes back. Um, 
And so Lexi is over at Tony Marlon's house um, and she's starting to do her pitch and she says she's a little nervous. And I think there's another Kathy Lee Gifford reference like we had last week because singing and cruise lines and whatever. And then she somehow already knows how to work his sound system and his CD player. And she starts strutting and singing and stripping um, and then it gets really funny because Michael has somehow gotten onto the property and is peeking into the ground level, <laughs> like living room where she's doing this whole striptease and dance. Yeah. This, it's, this was sort of like hijinks and Sue, right? Like yeah. that was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he like walks away and as he's going back to his car, I guess he sees another car pull in. So he runs back to try and warn Lexi any way that he can that, Again, the wife is here. Uh, she wasn't supposed to be. I don't know what the plans were to have her out of the house, but she's back. Um, and Lexi sees Michael making all these motions, but she doesn't get it. And she just tries to like wave him off. Um, and I'm like, yeah, let her hang herself. Um, but but then the wife announces herself. And so Tony gets up um, and he tells Lexi to like get out. So he deals with the wife and she makes a run for it. Um, and Michael is driving by and he sees her and he's like super nice. He's like, I didn't see another, I didn't see another car, car here. So you must need a ride. Hop in. And she hops in. Of course she has to be like an asshole again. She's like, I saved myself. Shut up and drive. And he drives away. And I think we go to commercial at that. Um, which like, uh, you know, that scene could have played out in different ways it could have been it could have been funnier it could have been a thing where lexi is caught and humiliated or it could have been a thing where lexi finally just like gives herself over to michael and is like thank you i really do love you whatever it's going to be none of those things because wait there's more um and so amanda i guess has been able to afford a hotel to stay in uh or peter probably can afford the hotel she is staying in because kyle has found out her room at whatever hotel and he goes to see if he can help her in her hour of need. But of course, Peter answers the door and like, they're both wearing robes. They're both like just waiting on room service. So Kyle's like, I should have known better. And he walks away. Amanda runs out after him. Um, and, and he's like, I'm embarrassed, but I hope you guys will be very happy. And it doesn't really sound like he means it, but later we're going to find out he kind of does mean it. Um, and Michael Feinstein is actually playing indoors now because he's at Kyle's or he's at the upstairs. Um, I kind of had forgotten like around that time, like I think he had just signed with like a major label yeah. or, or a new label. And it was a major, like, I think it was Sony or something like I just kind of like, yeah, I think you're right. And around the time this aired, it was just a couple of weeks before I actually saw him live uh, mm -hmm. in Virginia. I took my mom to see him and this erstwhile really great broadway performer named linda edder they did like a double bill uh at the local concert venue near me in virginia called wolf trap uh, and it was just a couple of weeks after he was on this episode but yeah he was like a prominent performer now he's not like a legacy act but he's more of like a sort of like a grandfather figure for like vocalists and and like industry performers yeah I, just, um, I guess it was sort of those sort of like surprising to see him on melrose because i never felt like he like it felt like they were trying to cross him over right like and he never crossed yeah. over he kind no, of stayed within no. that cabaret theater yeah and i think this is like the the moment when he came the closest 
to being a household name crossover act. Yeah, and and but he never quite crossed over, so it was kind no. of a surprise. And I was like, oh, I kind of remember this because I think my PR office that I worked for at the time was working with him, um, at least probably at the Rainbow Room. Um, mm. Yeah, or, you know, not doing personal. I, I don't, I don't think we did personal for him, but it was, I think, at the Rainbow Room or something like that. Um, but you know, it, it never. But again, like he never got like you know um he like like john perellis wasn't reviewing him it was uh steven what's his name um holden oh god holden thank you you know like that was kind of like the gist mm. of it you know not like there's anything wrong with stephen holden but he was <laughs> no but stephen holden came from theater yeah, and john like perellis is like a great pop. rock music yeah yeah. yeah yeah exactly so anyway anyway, anyway uh, so anyway. michael feinstein is tickling the ivories and Super um jane comes in to talk to kyle at the bar and she asks if he went to see amanda and he says he did and as they're talking eve starts uh like showing up in the background by the bar um so she can hear him say that that kyle saw amanda and Amanda was with Peter, he says, but he was happy for her. And this time he sounds like he means it. He's like, Amanda and I are not married. She deserves happiness. If she and Peter belong together, then I'm happy for them. And he seems to believe it. Eve, however, does not. So <laughs> the, Jane and Kyle walk off somewhere together in Kyle's. Um, and Eve stands watch and she smashes the glass in her hand, drawing blood. Um. Okay, so Lexi is back with Michael now, and he admits to her that he is smitten, and he asks if this means she is finally done with Tony Marlin, and she says, um, she's like, if I can't have anything good, I'll take you, Michael. Which is, I guess, as close as you get to I love you from Lexi. You know, like, <laughs> she's just, like, so mercenary. Um and there's there's a knock at the door, and it's Tony. He's apologizing. He has like roses and champagne. And he doesn't even realize that Michael has set up this whole romantic thing for Alexi. He wants to pick up where they left off, and so she just introduces Michael as one of her tenants. Which, ouch. Mm-hmm. Um, so she pushes Michael out, um, and she says something like. When it comes to getting something Amanda wants, I'm a pit bull in heat. And it's like, why is it always you're out to destroy Amanda? I know, who's like never actively <laughs> done anything to bring you down personally or professionally until you made yourself her nemesis. Well, yeah, and Amanda's had and like even now, like to do with her yeah. like recently, you know, like she's had nothing to do with her, nothing. Exactly. Crazy. Um, and then I guess she has tango music just in her CD changer. So she puts music on and she goes to the bedroom. And remember last week when Tony's wife mentioned that he's been like insatiable ever since they came out, came out with Viagra. Well, we see him pop it's Viagra. Like we see him pop a couple. Yeah. More than one pill. Um, and, and he goes to Lexi who is now nude in bed, only covered in like the contracts she needs him to sign covering her nether regions. Um, and Kyle comes back to Eve, uh, who is now drunk alone at the bar. Um, and she tells Kyle that Peter dumped her at breakfast. She's like laughing. She goes, ha over easy. It's like funny. It's campy. It's drawn out. I'm liking it. It's stupid, but I like it. Um, 
she says, you know, it's just always Peter and Amanda, which is like, if you've been watching the show, fine. But Eve didn't even know Amanda had a history with Peter until she was already like dating Peter now in this season. So Kyle could say that more than um, Eve can, but also it's all, it was always Kyle and Taylor for a lot of the time Amanda was in the picture. So like no one really has any business talking. Um, But Eve says she's got herself a date. um, And then she starts retelling the story about what happened to her in high school. Like she's a femme fatale in a 1940s film noir. Um, And, and then the, what's his name? The LA patrol guy, Uh, whatever the, the former officer, the Christmas tree guy shows up because he's the date. Surprise. Um, And then, Okay, so Lexi is in bed with Tony, and she's grinding on top of him. She's like, hey, I'm doing all the work here. And then she looks down, and in case you didn't already know this was happening, Tony is dead. (laughs) Tony has died in the sack with Lexi at her place. Surprise, surprise. So, of course, she calls Michael, and he's not interested, rightly so. Uh, he doesn't want to come, but she tells him what's up, and and so then he does come over, medical bag in tow, and, and confirms, yeah, Tony is dead. So, what to do, Lexi? What to do? And you'd think that would be the end of the episode, but it's not. So, Peter comes home to his apartment. It's dark, and Eve has a couple of bags in the, the front on the floor. Um, he calls out to her, and he goes looking for her, and she's in bed with the L.A. Patrol Christmas tree guy. Um, and, you know, so she's just taunting Peter. He says that this guy is ten times the man Peter is. She kicks him out and says to take his junk with him, and then she really starts laying it on and being vindictive. And she tells L.A. Patrol Christmas tree guy she wants to make her ex-husband and his blonde slut pay for hurting her. She's like, make them bleed. And he's like, uh, maybe something else. And so she's not getting what she wants from him. So she kicks him out. And then before he goes, he says that she is off her rocker, which isn't great to say to someone who is off their rocker. Um, and she throws the bottle of wine, of red wine they have at him. So it smashes all over the bedroom door and gets red all over it. Um, and then she starts really like just going yeah. crazy. And she starts, she's like, I'm a cheerleader. And then she goes, two, four, six, eight. Who can I annihilate? Which is like <laughs> the best line of dialogue anyone has come up with on this show in episodes. Yeah. I mean, this was, this ending was sort of the best thing ever, right? I, I even like yeah, I texted because, you I was like I can't yeah. I was like oh my god I'm a cheerleader I was dying because they want to pretend that right now that they're like this smart nighttime soap and it's like no you're back in season four territory like you've really gone off the deep end and Eve is now when Kimberly became Betsy or when Kimberly was possessed by Henry or whatever so just dive into it and that's what I feel yeah. like they're now doing with Eve right now which is I a little too late, right? We have, what, two more episodes left. Yeah, I mean, if it was 20 episodes earlier, it would have been great. But I now guess it's just, given us what let's we want, just see, Let's just see it through. And yeah, yeah and I'm like, not sure. <laughs> I didn't know that it was something I wanted necessarily until I saw it. And I was like, yes, this is better than what this. came before. I missed this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like we said, Rena Sofer is doing a much better job with this. 
Like she's yeah, just Rena Sofer, who, yeah. and I don't know if we ever said this, but it's worth repeating, who is an Emmy Award winning daytime actress. So she can do stuff like this. Now, she played a character for a, a good spell in General Hospital who was like the comic relief. She was like a tough talking woman from Brooklyn. Um, and so she didn't do a lot of the heavy drama, um, but she could bring it on the mm. show. And I think finally Melrose is letting her bring it. Got it. Uh, no. Again, oh, I, I would have rather seen Crazy Eve for 35 weeks than than just Vindictive Lexi. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And that's where we are. I'm not sure what's... I mean, I sort of remember um, what's left and that I know where we end up. But I don't... I don't. I still don't remember what happens next week versus what happens in the finale, but but basically, I think Amanda and Peter are finally together till the end. Um, it just should have been orchestrated differently. I mean, I can't imagine them breaking them up again. We just don't. No, I think I think that's it. It's just (laughs) a question of where where they leave them. Um, but also, yes, we had a couple big scenes with Amanda losing everything in um the beginning of the episode and then Amit is really absent for the second half of this whole episode. Yeah, she kind of is, right? I mean, she's definitely been kind of like shunted, right? To the back of the room. Did I I think I might have lost you. I'm you're back. I lost you for whatever the last like couple sentences you said. Oh, were. okay. I said well they've they've shunted her to the back of the room. They did. Um, Eve is and, taking up, even Lexi are taking all the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jane is in crawl space somewhere. Yeah, and and even Megan. I mean, yeah, it's really become the sort of Lexi and Eve show at this point. Yeah, and we, I'm beating a dead horse. We really only needed one of them. Yeah, not Lexi. So we really need to go. I think yeah. we've given the episode its due. Um, happy Yom Kippur to those celebrating or fasting, worshipping um, and we'll be back next week with the penultimate episode almost there of Melrose Place almost so um, I'm going to sign off by saying 2468, who can I annihilate <laughs> bye bye